0: We've learned over the last several weeks that our following Jesus has some very serious implications on the way that we approach perhaps the biggest relationship in our lives, and that is marriage. And so we're going to continue our sermon from last week. Last week we started, I Take You. That's the name of the sermon. Today's part two. And there's this scene in every wedding, right? How many of you have been to a wedding? Okay. How many of you have never been to a wedding, but you've seen it on movies? right? All right. Yeah, it's just as good. And you save a lot more time. There's music in the background. It's a lot more dramatic. Just watch the movies, right? But for those of you who have been there in real life, you know there's this scene, right? There's this scene, and I'm gonna do the wedding real fast forward here, right? right? Stand, everybody stand up, right? Everybody stand up. The bride is coming, stand up. Well, the bride comes, she comes down here. Everybody sit down, shh, right? You may be seated. The master's up here, the dude's here, right? And he's like, looking at his boy, he's giving fist bumps. Remember, he's like, oh yeah, I'm going in, I'm about to do this, right? And then the lady's like, oh my gosh, blueberries! So right, oh my right? And they stand here, and then they stand here. And 45 minutes into it, everybody's starting to realize this is the most awkward thing ever, right? All this pomp and circumstance, all this talk of a party, and the people, the two most important people in the room, they don't do nothing, right? They just stand there, and they start to realize, everybody's staring at me. I hope I got my makeup right, or I hope... That's not the dudes, obviously. That's the ladies, right? The dudes are like, let me kiss her already, right? And so they're doing it, and so it's kind of like... Anticlimactic, because the, the people involved, they're not doing anything until there's that part in the wedding where the pastor he says, and now the couple would like to recite their vows. And for the first time in the wedding ceremony, they're about to do something, right? And so the man, he, you know, he's like trembling like this. He's like reaches into his pocket there and and he's like grabbing his paper. And he, in front of the entire room, is about to promise to do something to his bride for the rest of his life. And last week, we looked at what those vows were, remember? Last week, we talked to the men in the room, and we talked about when you step into a marriage covenant, when you step into this relationship, here's what you are vowing. Here's what you are promising to do. Where are my guys at? All right, half awake. Remember, guys, we talked about you are vowing to be selfless and loving to your bride. You are vowing to be godly and holy, and you are vowing to treat her and care for her as if she was part of your own body, because she is, right? Where are my men at? Men, we still doing good since last week? All right. You guys left with that challenge, right? So the man, he takes he takes the vows, puts them back in his coat pocket, and he looks at his dudes like, I think I did it, right? And it's like, all right, decent. And then it's the lady's turn. And the lady, I'll just be straight with you. At my wedding, I thought my vows were, like, kind of cool. You know what I mean? And then my wife read hers, and I was like, You can't do nothing right, Sam, right? I was like, why do I even bother? She's like all poetic talking about you tore down the walls and I stand with the ashes of my, and I'm just like, you had me at ashes. You know what I mean? I'm just, man, that was horrible, mine, right? But hers were awesome. And so she stands up here and she's about to make vows. Every bride is about to promise in front of the entire congregation, here is what I am promising to do until death do us part. Where are my ladies at? Woo! Woo! Yeah, I'm telling you guys, they're crazy, right? They got, the, they got the connection. They know. They already know what sound to make. Last week, we had like 10 minutes where the guys were trying to like coordinate the hoos. And it was embarrassing. And the ladies like that. And so ladies, I want to talk to you today. Can, is it okay if I talk to the ladies? Guy, Where are my guys at? Last week was our week. Tonight, we're talking to the ladies, all right? And tonight, we're going to talk about what exactly is the lady vowing to do? What exactly are these beautiful brides promising? Part of it, right? There's more, but part of it, what are they promising to do until death do them part? And I want us to understand this, all right? Open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five. If you're there, say there. There. All right, two of you are there. Open up your Bibles, everyone. Open up your Bibles. Ephesians chapter five. We're going to start in verse 22. If you need a Bible, we got some on the tables in the back. Hey, Evan, grab those Bibles, stick them up. You can just throw them at people. Uh, Max man, right here. Max got Bibles. If you need Bibles, put your hand up. Put your hand up, hit them. You need two. I got six needed right here for Jake. One for every word. And so here's what we're going to do. I, I need my ladies. Ladies right here, where are you at? All the ladies look at me. What we're about to talk about, it's very, very important that you understand this. What we're about to talk about is in the context of what we talked about last week. So now, let's do a little quiz here. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. What's the first word of verse 22? Wives. What's the first word of verse 25? Which comes first, wives or husbands? Then why did we talk about husbands first? Huh, that's what, save the best for last. Obvi, come on now, girl, girl power. No, no, why did I switch it? Why did I talk about the husbands first and then come this next week and talk about the wives? It's because this, what we're about to learn today can be so misunderstood. It can be so abused and damaging to women that you need to understand the context that is, this is gonna come in, Okay. And so I wanted to talk to the men first because it starts with the men. The men set the context of loving, sacrificial, caring, holy marriage. That's who men need to be. And in light of that, then women can see what the text says to them. Where are my ladies at? All right. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's read the text and and let's get into it here. Verse 22. Wives. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. That's it. Wait a minute. Dude, you got nine verses last week. Why do the girls only get three? We'll get there, right? Dudes, where are you at? All right, that's the last time. Now be quiet. I'm talking to the ladies, all right? Here we go. Ladies, let's look at what this says, all right? Look at verse 22 again. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Right off the bat, first thing we see that wives are called to submit to their husbands. Wives are called to submit to their husbands. What in the world is this talking about? What does it mean to submit? This is a word that is abused, it's used, and again, we're gonna unpack a ton of this, but here's my working definition here. Ready? Submit means to recognize and honor authority, okay? Submit means to recognize and honor authority. Everybody say recognize and honor, because we're gonna have to come back. That's important, okay? Recognize and honor authority. And now, right off the bat, everybody's already turned off because there's two curse words that I just said. Submit. He said what? And then authority. He said who? Right. Those are just bad, dirty words. And here's why. Here's one of the reasons. Authority. When I say authority, does that? What does that make you do? Does that make you happy? How do you, I want some interact? What do you feel when you hear the word authority? Boss. Eh bossy, demanding. What else? Scary. Scary. Uh, what else? When you hear the word authority, what do you hear? overruling, right? See, there's something inside of us right here. You see right here? There's something right here in our guts that when we hear the word authority, we go, ah, get off me, right? As if because we think authority equals strict and mean okay? Some reason, the word authority has taken on the connotation to mean strict and mean and demanding and overruling and all those things you said. But here's what authority actually means in its simplest form. Authority simply means this, leadership. That's all it is. It's leadership. And, and here's the reality, ladies, and men too, I suppose, but ladies, every single person in here submits to authority, Meaning, every single person in here recognizes and honors leadership, okay? This is not just a weird Bible idea. This is not a weird women stay down idea. No, no, Every single person in here submits to authority. Every single one of us recognizes and honors leadership. So, for example, in a certain context, there's a certain leader. So, in the classroom, who's the authority? Who's the leader in the classroom, The teacher. Every single one of you, supposedly, respects and honors the teacher. In the context of a sports team, who's the authority? The coach. So you respect and honor the leader. What about at work? The boss. What about at church? What about in the family life? Parents, right? Authority figures. Here's another one. What about at life? Who's the authority figure in all of life? God, so every single one of us is submitting, meaning recognizing and honoring leadership. We all recognize and we all come under that, right? Every context has an order of leadership. And so here's the point today, even marriage has an order of leadership. And so every context, there's a leader there. And so what we learn, which we're gonna unpack it, because there's a lot more to unpack here, but first thing to know, wives recognize and honor the leadership of the husband huh okay well that's we're going to have to explain that cuz that's kind of countercultural right first thing i want you to know which which husband which husband look at the text wives submit to your own everybody say yo own Your own. So this is key right here, okay? This is not, oh, ladies, you're about to preach it, right? Ladies, this is not a universal call for all women in general to submit to all men in general, okay? Which is an idea out there, which is bonkers, okay? Women are not inferior than men, okay? Where are my boys at? Don't fall asleep on me now because you need to hear this, men, all right? You're the next generation. Women are not inferior to men in any sense. Women are co-image bearers. They're made. They're equal. They're, They're different, but they're equal in the image of God. They're valuable. And so this is not a call for all women to be submitted to all men because in some way they're inferior. No, no, no. This is a call for a very specific context. This is not talking about all of society. This is talking about in marriage, okay? In marriage, the call is for a wife to submit to her own husband. Everybody say, your own. All right? So we got some wives here, right? So Kelly Powers, how long have you been married, Kelly? How long? Three years. She's been married to Anthony Powers. He's my boy, stud of a husband, right? She's a wife. She does not submit to me just because I'm a man, because I'm not her own husband. Right? I have no authority. I'm not a leader over Kelly in her marriage, Right? Chelsea, I'm not, I have no authority there, right? There, there's, there, there's not a universal call for all women to submit to all men in general because they're less capable. We're talking about the very specific context of marriage. Ladies, say your own, okay? So, so we got to clarify that, but now here's the question, okay? Why? Why should wives recognize and honor their husband as a leader? Like, I mean, but aren't we so much more modern now? Like, what if you wanted to switch it? Like, why can't the man honor the wife as the leader of of their marriage? Like, why, why? right? And if you were to ask why, good, because I always teach you, ask why. Don't follow anything blindly. Ask, right? Why not the other way around? Because the call to submit is actually based in the next verse, all right? So look at verse 23. For... Every time you see the word for, you know there's a connector, right? This is true for, meaning because the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Second point, God designed an order of leadership in marriage. God designed an order of leadership in marriage. In God's design, marriage has order. Just like every context, we've already established that. Every context has order, including marriage. And in that order, the designer of marriage, he designed it so that the husband is the leader of his home. It says there that he's the head. Uh Uh-oh, this is getting for real now, right? He's the head? Oh, no, he didn't, Paul. Paul did not just say he's the head. Oh, I got no head, right? Probably more like that, right? What does that mean? He's the head? Dude, this, I mean, we use this word, right, to talk about leadership. Some of you guys, you have a head of your organization, right? You have the head of the school. That's your principal. Maybe in certain departments, you could have the head of a department. So head simply means leadership. But ladies, you need to understand this word. men, you can chime back in, man. You need to understand this word because if you have the wrong definition of head in your carry-on bag, forget about it. If you have the wrong definition of headship in your carry-on bag, it's going to get messy. And so let's clarify. Here's what it means. When he says that the husband is the head or the leader of his wife, here's what that doesn't mean, all right? Head does not mean you get privileges, okay? Okay. Hey, listen, I'm the head, so uh, really it's all about me anyway, right? And so some people, right? And this is, I wish I was like making this up as hypothetical, but for decades even, for for centuries, many cultures have misunderstood headship, and so some people treat headship in terms of their privilege. I'm the head, so that means I get things, right? I get certain privileges. I'm the head. Listen here, right? Mm, That's not what headship means, all right? And if there's a man that comes around and he and he's shown that that's his definition of headship, ladies, what do you do? Run. See, the ladies, they know all the answers without even like talking to each other. You run, all right? Headship does not mean privileges. Headship does not mean serve me, okay? Listen here, wife. I'm your head. You should be... Ser- ah, really? Is headship supposed to make my life easier? Man, thank God he didn't make me a wife, so now I don't have to do all the what where do you get that view of headship no no headship is not me focused okay headship is not me focused i'm the head so wives look to me right it's about me focus on me that's not what headship means but do you understand that this is what a lot of cultures understand headship to be have you guys witnessed this before right how many of have ever seen the simpsons right case in point i'm done right it, that's, that's a caricature of laziness. That's a character of passive men. Those aren't even men. They're little boys. Selfish little boys. And that's not what headship is supposed to be. But you understand that this is exactly what people think of in our culture when they hear head. You, you know that, right? I, I'm, I'm sure I don't have to tell you. When people hear that verse that we just read, the man is the head, they're thinking, and usually the people quoting that verse are also thinking, Privileges, serve me, make my life easier. Be me focused. Can you understand where the feminist movement has been birthed out of, right? Like I'm a feminist when it comes to this definition, right? I look at this and I'm like, oh no, they didn't, right? I look up for the ladies, I stand up for the ladies. This is not what headship means, but here's here's what would be a big mistake, to throw it all out, right? We see people abuse this and our next reaction is go, you know what, forget this, this is broken, we'll just figure it out. Forget headship. That's just passe. That's just, that's not modern. Just throw it away. It's broken. We'll figure it out. But we learned back in week one that the designer knows best, remember? And if the designer knows best, maybe we shouldn't throw away a misunderstood definition. Maybe we should redeem it, right? And so here's what headship does mean. Number one, head, to, to be the head means you have responsibility, okay? Okay? How many verses did the guys have last week? You got nine thick verses, right? How many of you guys left with a black eye last week? Right? You left, like, physically, yes, the football hit you. But how many guys, like, after last week, you went, man, God has a lot of hard things to say to men, right? How many people felt like God was stepping on their toes when it came to their selfishness and to their flesh and to their arrogance and to all of those things that are self-centered inside of them, right? And God was like, uh-uh, not with my daughters. Remember? And every guy left here kind of walking like this, you know. Like, Yo, I just got kicked in the butt, right? They had nine thick verses. Ladies, how many do you have? Three. That's because as the leader, God is talking to the leader of the family, and he's giving them more responsibility. So being the head is not going, oh, yeah, <laughs> privilege. <laughs> no, no. Being the head is like, Whew, I have responsibility here right? The head of the CEO doesn't walk in every day and kick his feet up and go, ha, yeah, I have to do nothing. He goes, the weight of this thing is on me, right? The buck stops with me. That's, that's responsibility. To be the head is a servant leader. Head, the, the head doesn't say, serve me. The head says, hey, how can I serve you? All right? The head is concerned with making sure that everybody... Check on that. The head is, is saying... Everybody, I want to make sure everybody's needs are, are, are cared for, right? So that the leader of an organization, the leader of, a, of the marriage, the leader of a sports team, they're servant leaders. They're caring for everybody that's around them. Number three, to be a head is a kind authority leading for the good of others. To be a kind authority. You ever meet a bossy authority figure? You ever meet an authority figure who their power went through their head, to the heads? Right? And you're just like, get over yourself. As men and ladies, again, I'm talking to you. I know it sounds like I'm talking to the men. But ladies, you need to understand the context in which you're called to submit. You're called to submit to a kind authority who sees his authority as not a privilege, but as a responsibility to make sure that everybody else is taken care of. And then finally, to be the head means that you lead like Christ. This is what we talked about last week. In your notes, right here at the top, I know I'm talking to the ladies, but I put a little reminder in there right at the top of what the guys are called to do because anything that the ladies write down here, I want them to remember this is in the context of loving, sacrificial, holy, and caring marriage. And if a man is not that, ladies, what do you do? You run, right? So this is what it means to be the head. You tracking with me? Ladies, are we good? You're called to submit because in marriage, there's an order, right? There's a leader. There's a head. And that head is not some dude that says, look at me. He's a servant leader who says, let me take care of you. Now, here's my question. How do we know that this isn't cultural? I mean, the Bible was written like 2,000 years ago, right? Like, I know God was real then, and he was talking to his people. But, but ladies, what if, what if we've outgrown that, right? Right? Like, what if this is one of those parts of the Bible that, like, that's just ancient and we don't really need to follow that because now we're different and it's just, it's just not compatible. There, there's some things in the Bible that are like that, right? There's some things that we don't adhere to because they were culturally bound. They were a, 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 a principle for or a, a practice for a certain group of people. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe we just misunderstood. I think there's some clues that show us otherwise. Look at the text. Look what it says. It says, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. That even as there is key. This isn't a cultural practice, but a timeless principle, all right? This order, this idea that the man is the leader, right? A kind authority figure, a loving leader. This idea is God's design in the same way that it was God's design for Christ to be the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church in which culture? All cultures. Christ is the head of the church in which time period? All time periods. So even as Christ, God has designed it that way, the husband is the leader of his family in which time period? All, right? So this is not a cultural practice. It's a timeless principle. And so think about it. In God's design, check this out, guys. In God's design, in the way that God designed it, Christ is the head of the church, Of you and me. So when we recognize and honor Christ's authority, we're actually honoring God's design. Do you get that? All right? In the same way, God designed that the husband is the leader of his marriage. And so, wives, when you submit to your husband, when you recognize and honor his authority, you're honoring the designer. Do you get that? And that's the big idea here tonight, friends, ladies. As you honor your husband's leadership, you honor God's design. As you honor your husband's leadership, you honor God's design. When you recognize and honor that your husband is going to be the loving leader, the kind authority figure, right, who's looking out for you, when you submit to that, it's as if you're saying, and again, this is hard, All right? Ladies, I see your faces, all right? I know this is hard, but when you do that, it's as if you're saying to God, I trust your design. It's as if you're saying to God, I believe that you know best, you're the designer, I'm going to honor you. And that's why, up in the verse, up in 22, it says, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Because ladies, every time that you recognize your husband's leadership, you're actually doing it as an act of worship. Every time you honor your husband's leadership, you're honoring God's design And it's as if you're saying to God, God, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. Ladies, as you honor your husband's leadership, you honor God's design. Does that make sense? Can we get practical now? What does that look like? Every lady in here, when you get married, shh, don't talk. Because you have to honor God's design, okay? Never speak your mind, okay? You have to submit to God. No, I'm kidding, right? Everyone's like, oh my gosh, no. But listen, that's what some people think. They think, man, to be a submissive woman, that means I can't talk. That means I don't have an opinion. That means I go with the, fl-. no, 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 no. Listen, listen, let's get practical here. Here's what, I, I. well, let me just give you an illustration, okay? The best illustration of submission in the entire Bible, Jesus Christ. Even Jesus submitted. So if there's any ladies that are feeling a sting here, I mean, we all submit. Even Jesus, he even submits. He even recognizes and honors the authority of the Father. And so let me tell you a story, okay? This is Matthew um, chapter 26, I believe, starting in verse 36. And I'll just, I'll just paraphrase it, okay? Jesus, it's the night before the crucifixion. And so Jesus Christ, he grabs his boys, right? 12 disciples, and he says, hey, listen, man, like, it's a big night for me. Understatement of the life of a century. And um, we need to go pray. Like, All right, yeah, let's go pray, let's go pray. So they go, and they go to this garden, and they're there praying, and they're walking, and Jesus is like, all right, you stay here. Just pray for me, God. Jesus, what's going on, man? Just please, just just pray for me, okay? Just pray for me. You stay here. I'm going to walk a little bit further so I can pray out loud, and you don't hear me. So they go, and he comes over here, and you see in this scene, he starts to pour out his heart to the Father, and he's crying, and he says, Father, is there any other way God, if there's, if there's any other way, please let this cut pass from me, right? Let this cut pass from me. And then he goes back, he's taking a break or something. He goes back and he sees his, all his dudes and they're all sleeping, right? Classic disciples, right? It's like, we're up here for a prayer meeting, man. And you got, you little girls fell asleep. Come on, wake up. And he wakes them up. Oh, oh, oh I was just praying with my eyes closed. I was heavily meditating, right? And so they wake up and they're praying. And he's like, all right, all right. And he comes back over here he starts praying, right? And the Bible says he even like sweats blood. He's so anxious and he's telling the father, father, please take this cup. Let it pass from me. If there's any other way, can we do it? Please, but not my will, but yours be done. And then he comes back and guess what the disciples are doing? You think they're praying hardcore? What are they doing? They're sleeping. He's like, guys, come on. It's the biggest night of my life. Wake up. Oh, Jesus. We were just, we were just, I'm sorry. Right? And he goes away for a third time. And the text says, and he prayed the same words a third time. And his words were this, Father, please, this is how I feel. Let's not do this. But not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was submitting to the Father, but in doing so, he gave us a perfect illustration of what submission looks like. He submitted, he, but as he submitted, he, everything that was in his heart, he laid it out. He let the Father know what was on his heart. He let the Father know what was on his mind. Every fear, every emotion, every reservation, every, every part of him that goes, I don't know about this, Father, are you sure? I'm feeling this way, I'm hesitant, I don't know. And everything on his heart, he lays it out bare to his Father. But at the end of the day, he says, God, with everything off my chest, with everything out of my mind and off my heart, at the end of the day, I still trust you. I will follow you, lead on. Where are my ladies at? Mm, I know. Ladies, listen, okay? To submit to a husband one day is not to lose your voice. To submit to a husband one day is not to become a a trophy wife who just doesn't speak her mind. No, no. And the men in here need to hear this. But listen, like, the wife was given to man because God looks at man by himself and he goes, "Uh uh-oh, this guy's in trouble, Right? Remember the first wedding? God looked at the man and he goes, he's alone. That boy going to get in some trouble, right? And the first time in all of scripture that he says something is not good, he says man shouldn't be alone. So he gave him the best gift ever. Gave him a wife. Women are full of wisdom and discernment and knowledge. And men in the room, really quickly, I know you had your week last week. Yo, girls, they got something going on that like, it's on a different level, right? It's a whole nother level. And men would be foolish to not depend on the wisdom and discernment and knowledge of their wives, okay? So, that doesn't mean that you be quiet, okay? It doesn't mean you don't talk anymore. You're your man's teammate. You're going through life together. You're still speaking, you're still contributing, you're you're still doing life together. But there's something inside of a wife that says, hey, at the end of the day, it's your call, right? At the end of the day, as we talk about this together, as I'm giving you my perspective, the responsibility of the decision is on you because you're the leader. That's what submission looks like. That's practical, okay? That doesn't mean, well, I'm not going to say it again. You know what it doesn't mean. If you have questions, I'm encouraging you to email askcitizens at gmail.com. We have um, cards right out here. Before you leave, you can grab some cards. We're going to do a Q&A in a few weeks, all right? And so I know that there's lots of questions in here. We'll hash those out. Um, so I encourage you to write those down before you forget them. Text them, email, do whatever you want to do. But wives, as you honor your husband's leadership, you honor God's design. You honor God's design. All right, closing thought here. Closing thought. Um, this is for everyone, all right? Because last week, the men, we heard, we heard a heavy passage. Ladies, this, this is really not super heavy in the sense it's only three verses. It's pretty clear. But this really does rub against our culture, does it not? This kind of swims upstream, and so in that sense, it's heavy. But here's the hope, okay? And this is the context of this entire passage. Before 22 comes verse 18. And I think I put it up on the screen here. Look at verse 18. It says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And now here's evidence of being filled with the Spirit, okay? I love Paul. He's so real. He's like, guys, stop getting drunk, right? Right? Stop being filled with the influence of alcohol. Stop having your inhibitions lowered and doing silly things. Stop being filled with alcohol. You know what you need to be filled with? Be filled with the Holy Spirit that God has given you. And here is one of the evidences of being filled with the Spirit. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. When we're filled with the holy spirit there's something inside of us the arrogance dies the selfishness dies and we're willing to submit to one another meaning we are willing to enter into the relationship and play the roles that god has designed for us and so i'm gonna tell him i'm gonna tell him jordan i'm gonna tell him confession okay sam cassis i'm a sinful dude all right i'm a selfish dude I'm the kind of guy that like, if you took away Jesus out of my life, I'm the kind of guy that could sit on the couch and watch sports all day, every day, and not care if the entire world went to hell in a handbasket. Like, that's me, right? Like, by myself, I'm just, I'm not a good dude. I'm not a good guy. But Jesus changed my heart. Jesus put his Holy Spirit inside of me, and he's given me new aspirations, and values, and goals, and all those things, right? He's changed my heart. But I find that even times in my life, even today, right, that when I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, when I'm not filled with the influence, in the same way that some people get under the influence of alcohol, when I'm not under the influence of the Holy Spirit, I find it harder to step into the role of godly, sacrificial, holy husband, leader. Right? I find it a lot harder to step into the role and put on the hat of a loving authority figure in my home and to lead them in godliness. Right? Right? But the hope for me and the hope for every man in this room is as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God will give you the power to be the godly men that you need to be. Men, remember the big idea from last week? Show your wives the love of Christ. Show your wives the love of Christ. And that was hard, but here's the hope. You have the Holy Spirit. And now ladies, the big idea for you this week, as you honor your husband's leadership, you honor God's design. Who can do that? I mean, some of the ladies, right? We're just like, not we, right? That was weird. Time out, backtrack. I did not just say we in conjunction with the ladies. I apologize. Some ladies, right? I'm sorry. Some ladies, you, like something inside of you, they go, wait, what? I could never, this is what? You know, it is hard. And the reality is it's impossible by yourself. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, he can change your heart. He can give you the power to see God's beautiful design. All right, let's close. We'll have the band come up here. And I want to talk to the ladies here. Um, Some responses, okay? Some responses. In light of this message, in light of the gravitas of what a wife is called to do, ladies, you know what you need to do? Every lady in this room, as you approach the season of life, not necessarily where you get married, because we know not everybody gets married. The Bible says some ladies and some men are are called and have a gift of singleness, and that's great. But every single one of us is approaching that season where we'll have to make decisions about marriage. And ladies, when you read a message like this, when you read a text, and you go, you know what your response is? Choose well. Choose well. When you realize that the call of a wife is to follow the authority and recognize the leadership of a husband, you got to be picky, right? If you realize how heavy this call is, you look at it and you go, well, I'm just not going to follow anyone. I better choose well.